Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Manitoba Pork General Manager Cam Dahl. Also, we'll hear from Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo. And up first in today's country comment, Provincial Entomologist John Gawlowski will join us to talk about flea beetles. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Flea beetles are starting to emerge. John Gavlosky is provincial entomologist. There are some flea beetles that are out right now, and mainly what's out there is a species species called the striped flea beetle, and they normally emerge about one to four weeks earlier than the other solid black one, the, the crucifer flea beetle. So it's not unusual for striped flea beetles to be out even in April on warmer days. Certainly by early May, um, the striped flea beetles are out. They're the earlier emerging of our two dominant species that feed on canola. Um, this time of year, they will be feeding on volunteer canola, cruciferous weeds, anything cruciferous they can find really to um, keep them going until other cruciferous crops are up. So uh, you might notice a little bit of nibbling just studying on some of that volunteer canola. Are there uh, certain certain areas of the province where this is more of a problem? Well, the flea beetles are quite widespread throughout the province, so there isn't really an area of the province that they dominate. Their, their populations are quite um, high and quite widespread across the province, so we generally tell canola growers anticipate that there will be flea beetles around, and, and uh, hopefully your seed treatments will give you the protection you need. Spraying, you know, is that is that an option, you know, as, as we move forward here, as the crops start to emerge? Or? Well, the canola seed all comes with a seed treatment on it, and there's different ones you can get, but at, at the very basic level, it'll, they will all have a seed treatment that gives you probably about three weeks, maybe four under some conditions of uh, protection from flea beetles. The big challenge canola growers have is if you can get your canola from the day you seed to the three to four leaf stage within about three weeks, you probably won't be needing to do fully your spring. But the tricky part is in many years people will seed, either the soil will be a bit cold for quick and early germination or it'll be dry or there could be other stresses. Anything that delays that uh, that uh, period from seeding to the three to four leaf stage can make your canola vulnerable to flea beetles, and that's what results in the foliar spraying. And we've seen quite a bit of that over the last few years. So the main thing is that um, the, the clock starts ticking once you seed, and like I said, after about three weeks, it's going to start becoming more vulnerable to flea beetles. Any other um, insects that you're uh, keeping an eye on uh, right now? The other one that we'll be starting to look for is cutworms. They usually start coming out right about now. Now, there's different species. There's some that overwinter as partially grown larvae, like the dingy cutworm. So they're already out there. They're partially grown larvae. And as soon as it's warm enough, they're going to be out feeding. So some of the early cedar crops could be quite susceptible to them if they're around. Uh, other cutworm species, like redback cutworm, they overwinter as eggs. They'd be just starting to hatch out. Uh, But again, once the seedlings come up, uh, they'd be another one to look for. 
uh, populations did seem to build. They were uh, quite bad in uh, 2019, maybe a little bit less of a concern in 2020, but there were still some pretty high populations out there. So they're another one that we need to look for early in the season. That was John Gowlowski, entomologist with Manitoba Agriculture. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Knute. The Manitoba government is launching an online public engagement to seek feedback on the priorities and future direction of Manitoba's agriculture and agri-food industry. This information will support preparation for the upcoming federal, provincial, territorial Ministers of Agriculture meeting, where the next FPT Agricultural Policy Framework Priorities and Policy Statement will be set. The deadline for public feedback is May 27th. Farmers are making good headway with seeding. Dane Fraze is with Manitoba Agriculture. Right now in Manitoba, uh, seeding progress has advanced fairly quickly over the past two weeks. We started off with an earlier season and drier soils, and it's cooled down somewhat. So that has slowed things up a little bit. Producers are not looking at putting in their uh, more sensitive crops, uh, canola and soybeans in particular, but instead focusing more on the cereals and corn wherever soil conditions and soil temperatures permit. So right now across the province, we're looking at about 18% seeding progress, which is right in line with our four-year average and about double where we were last year at this time. Frey says flea beetles are out and looking for food sources. And on Wednesday, the federal government announced an investment of up to $21.4 million to enhance the youth employment and skills program and fund about 2,000 jobs for youth in the agriculture sector. Ag Minister Marie-Claude Bibo talked about the success of the program. In Manitoba, grain producer Kristen Phillips was able to replace offshore labor with local young people who were able to gain new skills from seeding to harvesting to storage. And in New Brunswick, Vicky Taylor hired a manager for her new apple seedry, inspiring her young intern to embark on her own agribusiness. The investment more than doubles last year's allocation. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Thursday, May 6th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll have details on the federal government's youth employment and skills program. On Wednesday, the federal government announced an investment of up to $21.4 million to enhance the youth employment and skills program and fund about 2,000 jobs for youth in the agriculture sector. Here's Federal Ag Minister Marie-Claude Bibo. Over the past year, Canadian agriculture businesses like yours have faced many pressures. Labor shortages have loomed large. Meanwhile, Canadian youth have faced more job losses than any other age demographic. That's why our government continues to invest in youth employment to support a resilient food supply chain and a strong Canadian agricultural sector. Last year, we invested over $9 million to create nearly 1,000 jobs for young people in the agricultural sector under our Youth Employment and Skills Program. And today, I am announcing that we are more than doubling that investment to $21.4 million to create over 2,000 jobs for youth in Canadian agriculture. The goal is to give young people job experience, as well as a taste of the exciting career opportunities that are out there in our agriculture and food industry. 
Employers can cover up to half of the cost of hiring a young person up to $14,000. And coverage rises to 80% for hiring young people facing barriers to employment, including indigenous youth. Because travel is often a challenge for young people seeking jobs in rural areas, we have added up to $5,000 for moving and accommodation expenses. Across Canada, the program has already helped farm employers not only hire young people, but open new horizons for them in the field of agriculture. In British Columbia, the Lower Kootenai Indian Band hired an Indigenous young person to work on their fruit and vegetable market garden and gain amazing experience in all aspects of their operation. In Manitoba, grain producer Kristen Phillips was able to replace offshore labor with local young people who were able to gain new skills from seeding to harvesting to storage. And in New Brunswick, Vicki Taylor hired a manager for her new apple sidri, inspiring her young intern to embark on her own agribusiness. And we look forward to hearing from our farmers about your experience working with young people. Our government knows young people are the future of our sector. That's why in budget 2021, we committed another $109 million to the Youth Employment and Skills Strategy to support over 7,000 jobs for young people through 2022-2023. In total, over the next five years, Budget 2021 proposes to invest $5.7 billion to help young Canadians pursue and complete their education, pay off their student loans, and gain new skills and job opportunities. Looking beyond the pandemic, it is so important that youth take their place as engaged leaders in agriculture, along with women and other underrepresented groups. There's no question that young people bring passion and energy to our industry. And that is why we need more of them at the leadership table. Last year, I brought together the Canadian Agricultural Youth Council to ensure that the voices of our young people will help shape our agricultural policies and programs. Justin Williams is the chair of the Canadian Young Farmers Forum. As I mentioned, my name is Justin Williams, and I live and work on my family's dairy farm in beautiful Prince Edward County, Southern Ontario. Today's announcement is good news for both farmers and the youth who are looking for experience in the agricultural sector. Canadian agriculture has been facing labor issues for decades for a wide variety of reasons, and those issues have only been exasperated by COVID-19. To add on to that, the urbanization of our society makes it increasingly rare for the Canadian to have any exposure to agriculture and food production, which has led to a decrease in those interested in becoming involved in our sector or even being aware of it as an option. This program takes a step to address two problems at once, helping farmers with costs and access to labor. It also helps youth facing difficulties in finding employment while giving them hands-on exposure to agriculture. That exposure is crucial to making people aware of agriculture as a career option and increasing the awareness of the realties of farming and food production. 
With the average age of the Canadian farmer being over 60 years old, it is becoming increasingly important to foster the next generation of Canadian farmers. As a member and chair of the Canadian Young Farmers Forum, I can tell you that there is a great crop of young farmers all across Canada who are innovative, motivated, and ready to take on the challenges of tomorrow. Programs like this will hopefully increase the numbers of young people motivated to become the next generation of Canadian agriculture. Ryan Casco is with Casco Cattle in Alberta. I'm Ryan Casco. I'm the general manager of my family's cattle feeding and irrigated farm business in southern Alberta. And uh, although we've hired many young people over the years, this is the first year we've used the uh, Youth Employment and Skills Program to hire a young person to work on our farm. We found the program really easy to use. The administrators were great. Um, And through the program, we hired two young women uh, who did not have a background in agriculture. Uh, We were impressed with their enthusiasm and willingness to learn. And I maybe would comment particularly on on one of them was a a young uh, Mennonite girl who had not worked on a farming situation before. And uh, she did such a great job. And and not only was she working on our farm, but she was finishing her high school diploma and volunteering at the uh, local fire department. So we're just proud to have someone like that working for us. And the other one has uh, decided to attend uh, uh, college seeking agriculture. So uh, the program really has reinforced our belief that you do not need to grow up on a farm to work on a farm. And I wanna thank uh, Minister Vibo and Ag and Agri-Food Canada for supporting this program. That was Ryan Casco with Casco Cattle in Alberta. On Wednesday, the federal government announced an investment of up to $21.4 million to enhance the Youth Employment and Skills Program and fund about 2,000 jobs for youth in the agriculture sector. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Canada's Farm Show is going virtual this year, June 16th and 17th. Go to canadasfarmshow.com for details. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon, we're joined by Manitoba Pork General Manager Cam Dahl. Bill 62, uh, which is the uh, the legislation that will update the biosecurity um, for uh, for Manitoba farmers and uh, Bill 63, which uh, deals with updating our, our trespass laws, uh, have generated debate around animal care and, and environment. Um, and, and I think in some ways that that's, that's healthy. Uh, these are, are two pieces of legislation um, that, that we strongly support at Manitoba Pork um, because it does help uh, farmers uh, increase their ability to, to protect their they're herds from, from things like uh, African swine fever and also helps farmers uh, ensure that they can protect their, their families um, from, uh, from uh, trespass. Uh, so we support them, but we support the legislation. But, but it's, also, it's also good to have that discussion about animal care and environment and how far we've come in agriculture and, and how important these issues are. Uh, to uh, to modern farmers. And Cam, uh, just talk a little bit about the progress that's been made, um, I guess, uh, specifically to the hog sector um, to improve the environmental footprint. Yeah, you know, if you look back 50 years, um, 
we we're seeing that that uh, uh, you know modern modern operations have that uh, economy of, of scale that allows them uh, to to really take advantage of of up, uh, upcoming uh, research and, and new new production practices, and and as a result, you know when we look back 50 years, hog production is actually emitting 35 percent least greenhouse gases than it did um, it did before. Uh, but we're we're seeing you know the pork that you have on your shelf today, it's uh, it's produced using 40 percent less water and and 30 33 percent less feed. Um, than it was 50 years ago. So those are significant, significant in, improvements in in um, in how how the environmental footprint or, or how um, how modern operations uh, interact with the environment. We're we're seeing that uh, manure is is it's it's not waste that just gets spread on a field anymore. It's it's a valuable resource that's uh, that's used uh, used to fertilize crops. So. Uh, we really have come a long ways um, from that uh, that uh, that old McDonald farm. Um, you know, he's retired, and and we we should let him stay retired because uh, modern agriculture and modern farms are are doing a, a very good job of of ensuring that the impact in the environment is is always always getting better. That was Manitoba Pork General Manager Cam Dahl. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Keystone Agricultural Producers has named a new general manager. Brenna Mahoney will take over the job effective June 14th. Before joining CAP, Mahoney was the Director of Communications and Stakeholder Relations for Cereals Canada. She was also a steering committee member for the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Crops and supported the development of the CRSC's Code of Practice. Mahoney will replace Patty Rosher, who was recently appointed Assistant Chief Commissioner with the Canadian Grain Commission. On Wednesday, the federal government announced an investment of up to $21.4 million to enhance the Youth Employment and Skills Program and fund about 2,000 jobs for youth in the agriculture sector. Justin Williams is chair of the Canadian Young Farmers Forum. This program takes a step to address two problems at once helping farmers with costs and access to labor. It also helps youth facing difficulties in finding employment while giving them hands-on exposure to agriculture. That exposure is crucial to making people aware of agriculture as a career option and increasing the awareness of the realties of farming and food production. The investment more than doubles last year's allocation. And the province's weekly crop report says seeding progress sits at about 18% complete on par for the four-year average. Dane Fraze is with Manitoba Agriculture. Right now, the more sensitive crops to moisture are being placed a little bit shallower in order to be germinating and emerging at the same time. So those are your smaller seeded crops, your cereals and canola, while larger seeded corn really cannot handle being placed into dry soils and it will not germinate uniformly. It's much more important than to be finding moisture, even if it is a little further down at depth. That larger seeded corn will be able to emerge and come through. So in some cases, corn is being put down two and a half to three and a half inches. Frey says flea beetles are out and are looking for food sources. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. 
Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.